Electricast. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Rick Ornelas to the show today. Rick is an author and positive change expert who teaches men and women to unlock their amazing potential to create an incredible future and change the world around them. He's the author of the best-selling book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World, and the founder of iSpark Change, a global movement and online community of those who seek to make the world a better place. Rick wasn't always interested in helping others on a global scale, despite being pushed repeatedly in that direction by near-death experiences, family tragedies, and deaths. It wasn't until the ever worsening times of 2020 when he was laid off, quarantined, and desperate that he finally got the wake-up call. Rick's awakening came in the form of divine inspiration and an awe-inspiring spiritual connection when he least expected it. He went from hopeless to writing a best-selling book in under three months while envisioning and creating an incredible future. This fulfilled the dream he had been ignoring for years, to build a community of amazing souls to spread positivity, hope, and love while creating a ripple effect throughout the world. The iSpark Change community has proven at, has grown at a phenomenal rate of over 800% in just a few months. Rick has been featured on multiple media outlets, including national and international television and radio, discussing similar topics. He's a guest contributor to various websites and is a regular writer for Lifehack. His next book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Time on Earth, is due later this year. It's a great pleasure I welcome Rick to the show. Welcome to the show, Rick. Uh, Thank you very much, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for that awesome introduction. I appreciate it. I, um, I find some intrigue when people like yourself create a movement around uh, spiritual changes within one's life. And I wanted to ask you what sparked your spiritual journey as you are on right now? That's the at the crux of my story, um, and it's interesting to use the word spark, right? Because that's what when I started I Spark Change, and that's how I felt. Um, the reason I use that name is because that's how I felt it was for me when you know when it happened. But last year, as you were as you were sharing in the intro, when the world had shut down, you know, it's like March, April of last year, and the world had shut down, and things are um, going bad essentially things are kind of going downhill for a lot of people, um, myself included. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of isolation and and fear. And that's not a comfortable place for me. That's not who I normally am. So I, I found myself pretty uncomfortable really fast. And I decided to write um, and I, I'd written blogs and things like that, but I'd never written a book. And, and so I started out by writing a, a blog about using the pandemic time as an opportunity and not just going into that fearful place, but using it to better oneself and help others and, and be present and use the time as a, as a, a gift, right. As a, as a blessing. 
And after I wrote that, I was like, well, shoot, I need to take my own advice. So then I, I decided to start writing my book, which had been in my head for 20 years. And, and I can explain where that came from, how that was sparked. But, um, but just to finish this question, and as I was writing, I, I started just getting in, intensely connected spiritually to where the, my writing went from like 500 words a, a day to 2000 plus words in a couple hours. And, and in that time, I was, I was waking up at middle of the night with you know, floods of ideas and dreams and visions and all sorts of things. And, and that's where the idea for, for I spark change came about. That's where the idea was, was sparked in my mind. And, and I think it was, you know, it was probably a, a higher calling that uh, I was being you know called to do, but, but I use that theme throughout my book. I use the theme of sparking change and, you know, it's become a, a theme with, with the I spark change movement. Um, but yeah, it's, it was just all born out of that experience, which would have been, you know, last uh, in 2020, you know, about June, uh, June, July of 2020. So just over a year ago. What was the scariest thing for you when you had a near death experience? What was like the most, I guess, pivotal part of it that left an impact on you? That's exactly what it was, is what you just described. The, the second part of what you said is that pivotal part. So the, the experience in itself, you know, that can be fearful. So what, what happened with, with me is you know, about 20 years ago, I'm, I'm driving. Uh, I was living in Southern California at the time with my wife and, and I have three daughters, but I had two at that time. My other daughter wasn't born yet. And I was driving. We were coming back from a birthday party down in Los Angeles. So about a couple hours from where we lived and we were driving back home and it started to rain really bad. Like it, you know, you're in Florida, I'm in Texas. You know, that's kind of normal, commonplace more so in Florida or Texas than it is in California, but it was raining really hard and the roads were slick. And, and we contemplated pulling over because we saw a lot of cars that had pulled over because you couldn't really see. I mean, it was one of those where you can't, wipers don't really clear the water, but, but it was getting dark and my wife didn't want to you know, she thought it would be worse and we had to get home. You know, we were still kind of far away and it was a Sunday night. And so we're, we decided to just kind of continue on slowly and cautiously. Well, I started hydroplaning, hit a puddle, started hydroplaning and we spun out of control from the slow lane across four lanes. Wow. We almost hit the center divider and I'm trying to correct. And then miraculously we don't hit the center divider and we start spinning the other direction. And then we spin back across the four lanes the other way and we don't hit any other cars. And we go off the freeway and we go up a dirt embankment and we hit a brick wall, a cinder, big cinder block wall, and we hit it and we flip over and we land back on the wheels. And the, the windshield was smashed down to about here and um, broken glass everywhere. And, and the right side, the windows are shattered and there's glass and the car's full of dirt from when we flipped, I guess. And and, um, you know, I checked my, my daughters were in their car seats and they were fine in the back. They, they woke up, they were crying, they were asleep. And my wife was, was okay. She had just kind of banged her shoulder into it, but all of us were completely unharmed. No blood. And, I mean, nothing. And we crawl out of my side and there's a, an older couple that had pulled over and the, the lady wraps my wife in a blanket and she, my wife's sitting there holding my daughters and crying and, and, you know, just thanking God that they're Okay. And I'm talking to the, to the gentleman and, you know, as I said, he was an older gentleman and he says, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I can't believe you're alive. I thought, you know, they had already called 911. They thought, you know, we were dead or, or harmed. And, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, I mean, the car looks pretty bad, but I mean, we're okay. Right. And, and it was, Hey, we're okay. Well, we went, we went to the emergency room and I check out the kids and, and, and the, ER duck, he didn't even want to check out the kids. He's like, they're fine. Like, look at them. They're fine. And I was like, please check them out. Right. You know, they're, they're small. I want to make sure, you know, they're okay. Well, he checks them out. They're okay. But as you were saying, you know, as when you started out and you said that kind of, it's the reflection period, right. It's at that time afterward where things kind of hit you. So the next day we had to, we had to get a ride home because the car was towed out, towed away. And the next day I go to get our things out of the car because the trunk was filled with that we had been traveling right so we had some luggage and stuff in the trunk and i i 
go show up to the, to the impound yard and the car is still sitting on a flatbed truck outside and it's all, you know, all smashed outside there. And I go inside the office and I say to the, to the attendant, I say, I'm here to pick up my things from the car outside. And he says, which car? And I said, the black Grand Prix that's on the, the tow truck. And he said, that's not your car. And I was like, yeah, that's my car. It's my car. You know, I kept my paperwork. It's my car. And he's like, no, you're, I can always tell what happened to the people. And you, you're the, whoever was driving that car is either dead or, you know, in the hospital. And I'm like, no, it's my car. <laughs> and, you know, I, I show him the stuff and I convince him. And so as more people, you know, like the first, the, the guy that pulled over and then this guy says that, and, you know, you start thinking, and I was like, wow, we're, we're really lucky. You know, this is really fortunate. And everyone I tell the story to, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a miracle. Like you should all, you shouldn't be here. Right. And my mom said, oh, your guardian angel protected you. Your guardian angel protected you. And she gave me this little angel pin to put in my car. And, and when, as I've been driving, you know, I just I, for like a month or more, I, I would go through this reflection where like, I'd, you know, stop. I, I look up at that angel pin, you know, I mean, my, my daughter didn't even want to get in the car, you know, and she didn't want to go back in a car. She was so scared and my wife wouldn't drive in the rain forever. And, and all those things afterward. Like, you're like, okay, this was kind of a big deal. You know, I mean, I'm a young guy and, you know, just trying to be, you know, macho or whatever, but he's like, no, this is a pretty big deal. And that's where you realize like, this was kind of a life-changing, you know, a life-changing event. And um, I, I finally, I wrote, I wrote at that time, I wrote what I called a to-do list for every day. And it was a list of things for myself that I wanted to, how I wanted to live my life because I realized I had been given a second chance. And they were things like, you know, be present with your family, live like it's the last day of your life, treat others with kindness and respect and all these things. And, and that was when, you know, in that time afterward, you know, to answer your question, Jason, to finally, you know, conclude in the, in the time afterward, and like in the writing of that, that's when I really, really realized like the impact of what had happened, you know, and, and what was important as a result of all of it. It sounds to me what you're describing was a miraculous event and protected you and your family. And I would not doubt it to be an angel. I think it is likely an angel. I've had things like that happen in the past as well. I had cancer overcame. And well, the reason I share this with you is I believe you've earned your lens, your spiritual <laughs> lens that you look through the world now through. Mm-hmm. Right? And you look at it a lot different probably than before. And you're seeing things that, you know, an average person probably would look at you and say, what are you talking about? Because as you said that, I had a vision of this flip over thing. And then you landed and I feel like something protected your family and you in that car while that happened. Yeah. And, and I, I firmly believe that. And, and I've never heard that term, you know, spiritual. Well, I, I guess I have in different ways, but never in that context, you know, spiritual lens. And so I like what you're saying, you know, that I earned, earned my spiritual, spiritual. I'm just saying it's, it's a joke. Everyone's spiritual. But what I mean to say is when you deal with spiritual things, protective near death experience where you're protected and you survive and it's a, a miracle. Mm-hmm. for your family, but then it also puts you on a path and it becomes a spiritual awakening in part two. When you, when you, you're awoke, you're aware. And, and, and part of the way I look at things since the last few years is I always look at the physical world, our 3d world, but then I also take into consideration the spiritual world as strongly as our 3d world, because there are multiple dimensions or whatever, however we'll figure out in the future, we'll figure it out. Science will catch up the spiritual at some point. There will be a connection. Yeah. That's my prediction. They're going to have some type of device within our lifetime. And I'm in my mid forties right now where they're going to be able to figure out and trace the body and the soul leading the body after death. And yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, and that'll validate a lot of things for people. Yeah. People will not have these concerns like they used to, right? It'll be, it'll be a different thing altogether. I, I like what you're sharing in terms of your, your motivations behind what you're doing now. And from my vantage point, when I see that you're, taking something from a near-death experience and making it a life change, you call it a life-changing event, but what it's really, cat, what it's done for you as a catalyst is it's changed life altogether for you from now on. Your life will never be the same again. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much you'd want it to be, it's different because you're, you're, you're meant to do the stuff you're doing, I believe. And I, I think when it comes to how things work, you know how you can tell you're doing the right thing? When you, when you realize you're having some success with it in such a, a way, like you are 800% growth of your movement, it, it's fascinating to me. And I've had some amazing guests come on the show. One of the things I love about your story is how personalized it is, how individualized. 
and how you say it in such a matter of fact way. Like, yeah, we were coming back from this trip. We were driving back. It was bad rain. Next thing you know, we flip, flip, flip. I'm still alive. Everybody's like, holy cow, what happened here? Now I'm here to change everyone's life in a very positive direction by my story <laughs> and my methodology. You know what? I simplified that. But in reality, that's the miracle of what you're doing right now. That's what I see this as. I think yeah. you were given a divine inspiration from a near-death, horrendous, scary, like we said, a scary moment or two. And uh, looking at the big picture, I think you're going to help a lot of lives more than what you're doing right now. I think you're going to grow a lot further beyond where you are. Think Tony Robbins. Think you, you know, you're going to, you're going to become acquainted with a lot of these people. If you haven't already, you will be. That's my prediction. Well, well, thank you, Jason. I, I really appreciate that. That that's um, that means a lot because I mean, I have, I have huge goals for ice park change. I have, I have big visions. Like I said, I had, I had dreams and visions and, and saw this, this future and, and saw lots of things down, down the road, down the path that, you know, just barely scratching the surface with. And, you know, I, I, I understand it's a journey. I understand, you know, I can't just snap my fingers and, and everything happen. And, you know, that's a big part of the beauty of it is going through all that journey. Right. And I'm trying to learn and grow and everything from it um, each day, because one of the other interesting things for me with, with my story is that, and, and now hopefully I don't, uh, like you said, you know, kind of gloss over this is that that experience happened 20 years ago, but it took me 20 years of life and 20 years of growth and realization and ev evolution to become the person that I am now to where I was ready to share that, right? I was ready to write that. I was ready to be in a place, you know, and I, I just turned uh, 50 in, in June and to where I was ready to do this kind of work. If I had, because, you know, to be honest with my with my book, what, as I was saying, I would stare up at that little angel pin, right? And and that and I'd kind of dream of different things and, and reflect on what had happened. Well, one day as I'm staring up at that angel pin, that's when the idea for my book hit me like a, like a movie that I had just watched. Like I, I had the whole story in my head. I wrote, I was like, man, I should really write this. And so I wrote like a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs or page 20 years ago. And then I sat on a computer and I never did anything. I forgot about it until, you know, about a, maybe two years ago. And I was like, wow, you know, I should probably write that book. And then, you know, these little kind of urges and then it, you know, my dad passed away in 2019 and I told him, Hey, I'm going to write, I'm finally going to write this book. And he was so happy. And then the COVID, you know, pandemic and all that last year to where I was like, all right, now's the time. And so I think what's important for, you know, anyone watching is that, you know, sometimes we're just on kind of a journey and, and we're figuring stuff out. Right. And, and, you know, it, it, we all move at different speeds and different stuff happens. And, you know, for me, it just happened in this way that it went from 20 years to, to this, to where I finally, I finally got the lesson, you know, maybe it was being beaten into me and I just wasn't paying attention. You got um, the t-shirt. But What's that? <laughs> you got the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but finally, you know, finally I'm doing something with it. And, you know, I just hope that, that I'll continue along that journey, like you're saying, and that, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know Tony Robbins yet, but I have, you know, connected with a, a lot of people over the past year and, um, you know, some real influential people. And I'm, and I'm hoping to you know, continue to grow this and and live all those dreams that, that I had, that they all come true. So when are we going to see the I Spark Change podcast? <laughs> so I tell you this, I was ready to launch the I Spark Change podcast in May. OK, and I don't mean right. What I mean by ready, ready mentally. Okay. Like I, my wife had gotten me a microphone and like all these things. So I was getting ready. I was ready to launch it. I was speaking to different people to help me get it going. And then I started working on a new uh, video campaign for ice park change. And I can tell you about that if, if you like, but this sure. new video campaign. And that's when I decided to shift and focus on that um, to where we're going to spotlight and highlight people in a slightly different way. Um, but I do see the podcast in the future. I, I still would like to do that. Um, but what we're going to do, what we're about to launch at the end of this month, we're have re redesigning the website. Everything, everything's coming out completely redesigned. And we have this whole video campaign. 
But what we're going to do is we're going to launch the um, Icebark Chains uh, Social Impact Hero um, Project, where we start spotlighting those individuals or organizations or businesses or doesn't matter what type that are doing good in the world, that are spreading positive change, that are elevating their social impact. And so we're starting to spotlight them. So we've already created a, a few videos for a few individuals and we're we're about to launch it, you know, so people can see what it's all about. And then that's going to be our way of essentially having someone on the pod, rather than having someone on the podcast, we're going to create a video for them, share their message, put it on our social media, put it on our website and start, um, you know, spreading what they're doing to help you amplify can, their message. You know, one of the things I love to do about this platform is I love partnering with people that come to my show. And if you, when you find your, your hero, the first one, I'd love to have them showcase for a segment on the show too, if you're interested. Oh yeah. Thank you. That, that would be fantastic. I'd love to, I, I know the first one, the first one that we filmed, uh, she, she would absolutely love that. She'd be, she'd be all for that. Um, Perfect. I'm all about one of the things I love to do with the show is feature notable people, feature charities, feature things that are, I'm all about positivity in my life as well. And what you're describing is in alignment yeah. with, with how I look at it. And, and you know what, what you're doing is phenomenal. Doing things like that is going to help people feel so much better during these unsettled times we're living through. It's like anything that you could do as a shimmer of hope, you know, anything that you can do to show and shed light on the positivity. People, people will love that. I think that's why my audience loves these shows. Because I love these shows. I, and it's just positivity. How often do we get to focus on positivity during a work day or during business hours? Not yeah. very frequently. You'd like to. Some of us are lucky to be able to, you know, do an interview for an hour, maybe, you know, but it, you've got to really do it yourself. But I'm talking about when it's done for you, when you can tune into it, right? And that's what iSpark Change is about. You're, yes. You're relaying this, this foundation of positivity. It's going to help create a movement amongst many groups of people, not just the groups you're working with right now. I want to ask yeah. you, looking at what you're doing with iSpark Change right now and taking it into the different directions you're taking it, where do you see it in five years? So one of the, one of the visions I had, um, Jason, when I was in that period of about you know, four or six weeks with you know, intense spiritual connection and, and like I said, waking up and all these creative ideas and everything, is to um, to evolve Icebark Change into a social media platform. So from 2009 to 2012, I worked on building a social media platform. I had a couple partners and we were working on it. And, and I, you know, just like the book, I, I wasn't ready at that time. I you know, wasn't resource, resourceful enough to you know, find the ways to get it going, you know, ran out of financing and it just, it just kind of died. Right. And, but I realized when I was, when I had these, this flood of ideas last year, I realized that I didn't, you know, as my sister likes to say, God never lets anything you do go to waste. And I figured that I didn't work for those, you know, three, four years for nothing is that my education, the things I worked on, it just wasn't ready yet, that those were all to use now. And so I, the evolution of iSpark Change I see is as a social media platform where we connect and empower individuals from all over the world that are spreading positive change, that are elevating their social impact. And what does that look like? It, it's essentially, as one person um, related it, it, if you picture like, a, like the dating websites where you have where they, you fill out some kind of um, questionnaire and it matches you up with different, you know, individuals, right? Well, with iSpark Change, we would match individuals with um, things that they care about, causes that they're interested in, things that they want to support, um, other um, endeavors that they can help with, right? So, for example, you're uh, you're an attorney, right? So if there's if there's someone out there that has a cause that they're interested in and they're looking for the advice of an attorney, then you might say, Hey, I'm willing to, you know, donate some advice to, to them. And you have a, you connect with them, you have a zoom with someone all over on the other side of the world and you, you know, you give them a little advice and that helps get their endeavor off the ground, for example. But it's essentially like a, a big talent pool, a way, a way to connect because there's, there's, millions of charities, you know, nonprofits, all these organizations like iSpark Change, but they're very fragmented because a lot of them are kind of in the 
hey, we need to take care of ourselves mode, right? And, and you know, we do some charitable work with iSpark Change. We do like Meals on Wheels and different things locally. And they're very focused on themselves. They, they have to take care of themselves because out of necessity, right? But what if all of them were part of one global network where they could all support one another? And there's not just a me, I need this or you need this. There's a, oh, we all are helping one another. Then all of a sudden, you know, you raise the collective tide of positivity. You raise the awareness of all of these things for everyone. So, you know, our videos are going to be great, right? People become aware of this person or that organization. But what if the whole world was more aware of, of all these different organizations, right? That'd be great. And, and that's what that's what I envision. You know, that's that's what I'm working towards is is towards that. And that's where, you know, I, I want to have like to your point earlier, I, I want to have a billion people in that, you know, billion people organizations part of that of that uh, network, that global network. You know what? Having that kind of vision for yourself, it's shooting for where you belong. It's shooting for the stars, but you're not going to find that you're going to be any slightly lesser than that. I think you will be successful with this. I do think that there's a movement among people. And right now, since this pandemic's happened and everything else that's occurred, I feel like I keep saying over and over, I feel like we're in a social, I'm sorry, spiritual renaissance. Mm -hmm. I feel like we are in a spiritual renaissance where we appreciate so many things that we didn't see before March of 2020, right? And now, the way we're looking at things from, from the perspective of we want understanding of things, we want purpose, we want meaning, we want to look at the things that hold everything together and find where we fit in. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're at the right moment at the right time to do exactly what you're trying to do right now. That's why I see the success it's going to have. Because yeah, thank you very gonna... much for, for saying that, Jason. That does mean a lot. And and I, I, I do have to say, so as I was saying, I've connected with, you know, I don't know, over a hundred people or in the, in the last year from all over the world. And so many people have said something similar to what you just said is that they feel it, you know, they have their spiritual uh, lens clear and they're like, Oh, the timing is great. Now's the, now's the time. This is, you know, we're entering this, this period, like you said, you know, spiritual awareness, spiritual Renaissance. I mean, however you want to I, I classify it, but that these type of things are, will happen. And um, you know, I, I, I'm even one, one, um, psychologist that I, that I met that I've worked with, she's putting together, you know, a global conference for next year because like a spiritual awakening conference, because she's feels that it's just so many people are, are looking for that kind of thing. Have, have you heard of Topia yet? I had a no. guest on, uh, Daniel Liebeskin came on last week. And they're promoting, you might find some, some overlap here because he's created a platform. It's spatial technology taking like our Zoom call. You mm-hmm. go on his website and you can create your own Topia for nine bucks a month. And with the Topia, you could have the platform. They have all these customized things. But basically, I was, I'm going to do it for the show. I just got to figure out how to do it. But you basically can have unlimited number of people from around the world go into this event through their computer because they're going to have like a webcam and you, you spatially go up to people and it's, and it's interactive. It's not like an email or, or, or a web message or, mm-hmm. or messenger. You're literally sitting there and you'll just come up to these people and then everyone can, so you can interact with your audience too. If you're hosting an event and I've never seen any of these yet, but they have an entire array of things you might want to look at. Just check out. It's topia.io. Not that yeah, I'm you. a prior guest, but. Yeah, I'll check it. I, I will check it out. Thank you very much. Because anyone who has this kind of idea, I think you never know your reach could be interesting before you build your own platform. You might be able to utilize something that's here now. And, and you know, they did stuff with um, Burning Man, the virtual Burning Man last mm-hmm. year. So they had 25,000 people on the platform during Burning Man. So they got the capacity. So and it might be overlap. You never know how things work sometimes. Secret yeah. is yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Because I mean, we we have a goal of like thirty or thirty five thousand for that for that event. So it, it this would be that sounds like it's for nine bucks a month. You never know. <laughs> exactly. It sounds completely perfect that that it would be exactly what what we're looking for. I believe in synchronicity. It happens all the time in my in my life. So synchronicity being that you're thinking of this idea, and I met someone last week through Podmatch, where we were introduced to each other from. Uh, it's it's a beautiful opportunity, and I think connecting people to one another is is such a massive blessing that we can all enjoy, especially what we're trying to do right now. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I thank you for, you know, for doing that. And, you know, I mean, just you having me on the show, I, I believe that these connections don't happen by accident. 
Yes. Right. And and I believe that um, I mean that that's the at the center of what I want to create with the social media platform is that connection, you know, is that 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 ability for for all of us, all of us to connect. And sure, there's plenty of platforms where we connect, right? There's Facebook and you know, LinkedIn, all these other platforms. But I, I want this to be, you know, solely about helping others and you know, not where it's just the focus is on you know, on yourself, but the focus is on everyone else and, and what can you do to help others. And, and I, I think there's enough people that are open to it, you know, like yourself that, that are just open to the change that are open to helping others that are open to being aware of what's going on. Um, I think that's, you know, like you said, since March of last year, so many more people are more open to that, um, that the need for it. things can happen. <laughs> There's a need for it. I mean, the yeah. best way to look at it, there's a need for it. Uh, I want to ask you this. I spark change. Someone wants to ask you. It sounds catchy. I love it. What does it mean? How would you describe it? I would describe it as that each individual um, can make a difference. You know, the simplest um, basis of it, that's what it is at the foundation, is that I, right, the individual, you can spark change. You can make a difference because one of the one of the reasons why I realized I had to create I Spark Change is because I felt that there were many people that had been like myself that felt that could you really make a difference, right? So as I said, it took me twenty years to to get ready. So during those twenty years, you know, I do volunteer things at the YMCA, or you know, you help a church, or you do stuff, and you're like, okay, that you know, that helps in a in a small capacity, right? And, and the people that it impacts. Um, but I was never thinking of I can change the world, kind of thing, right? And what I realized is that everyone has the ability to change the world. Every single person, and what I mean by that is that everyone has the ability to make change within themselves, you know, to spark change within themselves, whatever that looks like. So any positive action that will create a ripple effect that starts to go around the world. It may start small, it may start big, it doesn't really matter. It's just by making that commitment to spark change within yourself and you know, spread some positivity, then you're having an impact. You're changing the world. Even if you never see it, like I always tell people, I said, look, even if you never see the result of your actions, I guarantee that they are having an impact. You know, just because you you uh, hold the door open for someone today, uh, you may never know how that affected them, but they, they might have been uh, having the worst day ever. And then your smile and you holding the door may have totally changed their day. And and that's what. I think I spark change. That's what it's about. It's about people realizing that they make a difference. Every little individual person makes a difference. You're speaking my language. <laughs> my mom, my mom raised me with pay it forward because she was big with Oprah back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, she still does it. We'll go drive through. She'll hand me money to pay for the people, you know, behind us or, or ahead of, whatever it is. I, I love, I love that kind of idea. And I believe that um, positivity is as contagious as anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you start being positive around people, and you do positive and you spark change in them, then at some point they, they will likely change their own attitude. And it's, it's, it's an elixir. It's a, it's a, it's a way for us to elevate ourselves in, in these moments where we feel like we really need everything we can get to have a healing modality. That's what I see this as. It's a positive mindset healing modality. It gives you the ability to restructure the world and look at it in a way that you can not only uh, live by for yourself. It's also like you could do for others as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. So now you're speaking my language, Jason, <laughs> because, because it's, it's, it's true. And, and, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is that there's so much greater um, amount of negativity out there in terms of the news and social media, you know, online and everything. And, and our brains, the way our brains are, are wired because of evolution is that we are far more uh, sensitive to the negative information. We're far more responsive to the negative information because, you know, 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago, we had to for our, for our evolution, right? If we heard growling outside, we had to be like, oh, no, we're on high alert, right? Do we need to, to freeze, fight, or flight? And, and so, you know, just evolution-wise, we're, we're so attuned to that negative information but in terms of positivity, um, 
we we need that so much more. We need to we need all, it almost you know two times, three times as much to kind of outweigh the negativity that's out there. And Here we are. That's why it takes you know people like yourself and you know and myself to help get others motivated <laughs> to do it. I was say, here we are, right? We're here to yeah. spread the positive change, the positive message. That's why I want to have you on the show. That's why you're in line with what I'm thinking. It's, it's interesting when I interview somebody and they start saying things that I'm thinking at the same time, I'm like, wow, that's synchronicity. That's the universe lining you up to do the exact thing you need to do at the right moment. Yeah. I, um, I want to ask you, since you are an author, I want to ask you about 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. If you can share with our audience what prompted you to write it and also uh, a little about it so that they can find out about purchasing it or, or where they can, you know, find out about it and find you as well. So thank you for asking about that because that that's really what started all this. I mean, you can say the accident started it, you know, which is, which is true, but, but as I, as I was saying earlier, when I was looking at that angel angel pin one day in my car, as I was reflecting on the accident and that's where the, the story hit me because my mom kept telling me your guardian angel protected you, your guardian angel protected you. And my aunt would say the same thing. And others were telling me, you know, guardian angel protected you. And that's where the story was born. And, and so the story 12 hours of heaven, it's a fictional story about an angel that is sent down from heaven. His name's Ezra and Ezra is sent down from heaven. And he finds himself trapped in an elevator with 10 individuals, 10 totally different individuals from different parts of life. And uh, they're trapped for a period of 12 hours, hence the name 12 hours of heaven. And during the 12 hours that they're trapped overnight, he's able to help each of them with the biggest challenge that they're facing in their lives. And, and in each character, as he, as he connects with them and and he helps them through it, um, they, become you know more aware of what's going on and, and these these are what become the lessons for a better world you know the subtitle lessons for a better world and he he grows in in his understanding of himself and where he is along his journey as an angel and and so the you know in, in writing that that's where sparking change was born and, and that's where i spark change the idea for i spark change during the time i was writing it and the book came out um, when I, I finished it. I started writing in April and I finished in July. And I felt so compelled that, you know, like we were talking about timing, you know, the timing is, is important for people. I felt so compelled that I had to get the story out that I worked with a publishing consultant and I got the book out in just a few months. And it was it was launched in early October um, and, you know, went up on on Amazon and Google and and you know, Ingram Spark and all that. And so anyone can find it if they go on Amazon is usually the easiest. I mean, it's in Kindle version and, um, and paperback. Um, just search 12 hours of heaven and it's been very well received. And um, it so much so that as I was speaking with, with um, some people after, or after I had finished writing the book, um, just like the idea for the book originally hit me like that, as I was speaking with someone one day about how she was implementing one of the lessons with her, with her son. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just going to say, I see you with two other books. I was writing notes. Oh, you. okay. Well, Sorry so to tell you that. You, I can't see the titles, but as I was talking to her, she was telling me that she was implementing gratitude with her son. I, the idea for five additional books hit me like that, where I had to do five books instantly. And and, you know, and not, not like from cover to cover, but I was like, Oh, I know what I'm going to write about. This is going to be the next book. And so the, the next one's in the works. Um, you know, I don't know if it quite will be out this year, but it is, it is in the works. Um, and that's 12 hours, 12 hours of heaven time on earth, which is kind of a continuation of the first one. And then the other ones are, are, you know, different books, but, um, but well, yeah, we'll You'd see. And I guess you have ideas too. <laughs> You're going to be a prolific author. That's what I'm getting. I just, as I'm, as you talk, I pick up stuff sometimes and I went to write on the piece of paper about your one book. And then I wrote plural books. And then it looks like 2023, 2024, 2025, you'll be very prolific at writing things. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Just well, thank you. I, you're already doing it. So I just was picking up on what you're doing already, basically, in terms of that, you know, and just having an understanding of what's ahead for you. I also think you're going to do more of these video things too, and you'll do social media presence. And do you have an iSpark YouTube channel yet? We do. We okay. do. It, we haven't, haven't, um, don't have a bunch of subscribers, haven't That's gonna put a lot too. of content. Yeah. Because you're going to be doing events and conferences too, where you'll promote these media things to them and people sign up on lists. And then you'll be able to, I don't know, have all this integrated. 
So yes. have an I spark change experience. It's <laughs> like an event where people come for a retreat or something and you'll do it for a weekend. Yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. You know, that, that the ideas are kind of endless the, the only limiting factor for me is just a matter of time, you know, as a matter of, of doing it all right. Like I'd love to write, you know, I, I was kind of sequestered, if you will, last year in a <laughs> pandemic. So I was able to write every day, you know, consistently. I knocked out the book very quick, much faster than I thought I would, you know, as a first time writer, but, um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of time, I, I, I'm working so much with, you know, I spark change and, and all this stuff to, to get it going um, that all these things, I um, I'd love to have all these things happen. Right. The you know, people help you. You're not, you're not, you're going to have an organizational staff that helps you more than you do now. Yes, you're going to have yes. assistants and staff people that you're going to afford what revenue that you make off these different products. And I think you have any e-courses yet or any of those kind of things yet. We have, um, so we'll be launching a, a social impact, um, uh, how to elevate your social impact campaign with these videos. Um, and then from there, they'll, yes, there'll be e-courses, there'll be different things that, that can come from that. But that, that's all in the works. I mean, all that stuff is in the works. It's just not out there yet. Yeah. But yes, I, I do have, I do have one, she was an intern and I just hired her. And then I, I do have, you know, goals by the end of the year to hire on a couple more people to, to help. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I do, I have all that as, as, you know, full-fledged organization, like you're saying to, to get all this going and, and be working on all these areas. So it's just how many children do you have right now too? I have three, three daughters. Consider this as your fourth child in terms of your time spent on that's what I see. It's like literally a child that you're growing, but it's going to be a spiritual child. And it also earns and nourishes you and your family, but you'll also create something from it that'll nourish many, many other souls, many other people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really cool. Right. That's the way to look at it. Like it's like my podcast. Like it started out as a hobby. Now I'm doing more of it because of pod match and other, other things that are helping me. But I've also learned to realize it's, it's a connecting thing and it's, it's an awesome icebreaker. Being psychic is an icebreaker, but being psychic, my own little platform is an icebreaker to talk to cool people like yourself and share these viewpoints with our audience, right? And people tune in and hear us. And we all have our passions. It's when you can take your passion and create with it that you really have the opportunity to do a lot of good things. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And, and I like the way you put it as a child. So, you know, I talked about timing earlier that, you know, I wasn't ready. Well, my, my youngest turned 18 in May, right? <laughs> so, um, and she graduated high school, right? She's moving on. And my other, my middle daughter turned 21 and my oldest is 24. She's, she's been um, out of the house for a bit, but, but my point is, is that 20 years ago, I couldn't have had another child, right? When they were young and I had to devote so much attention, but now I, I do have the time. This is to perfect. Attention. You're doing exactly what you need to be doing right now. And you're at the right point in your life to do it. It's like a second part of your book, a second part of your chapter. When I say book, I mean, our lives are books in my eyes. Yeah. So when someone says, oh my God, I'm 30 years old. What am I going to do? You're on page 30. Keep going. <laughs> don't get hung up on your age. You know, don't get worried about where you are at this stage of your life because that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But you're able to take the, what you've learned from the earlier parts of your life, develop into this concept and then go with it as a paradigm. And you're helping. My show is all about paradigm changes for positive, mm -hmm. right? You're doing a positive paradigm change with each person you work with. I spark change. It's mm -hmm. a positive paradigm changer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 massive. that's super cool. Yeah. It's very positive. I want to ask you this. Who do you, who do you find as your greatest spiritual motivation? For spiritual motivation. So, so for me, I, I, I just have to say, I just pray. I, I just have to say, you know, just, just God, um, yeah. because because, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's people that I follow and I, I like their content, right. They, they have motivational or spiritual content, things like that. Um, but I, I give all credit. I give all credit to, to God, right. So, for, for my actions, for, for what instruments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as, as far as spiritual inspiration, I mean, I just, you know, pray multiple times a day that I'm doing the work that he wants me to do. And, and I just pray that I'm going in the right direction and, and I just have faith that um that i'm being led in the right direction right and then i'm i'm doing what I'm, what I'm supposed to do and that that's all i can go on is just faith and and it, it's interesting because one of the lessons in 12 hours of heaven is have faith and so this month 
for social media, one of the, we're highlighting three lessons we're, we're highlighting and one of them is have faith. And so I did a you know quick uh, Instagram live earlier today where I was talking about having faith and sometimes you, you, know, you just have to go on faith. And that's pretty much how I'm doing everything with my spark change. It's just going on faith, just going on faith that I'm, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I feel like when you're, when you're inspired by divine sources and positive, it, you know, positive change is, is a, I feel a fabric of divine source because you're trying to help so many people with so many things. And it's very, it's very, I mean, it's nourishment, right? Um, I feel like you're, you're heading in the right path because you have that divine insight. You understand what to do to create positive change in other people's lives. And you're going to help with what you're doing right now to cause that to happen. You're a catalyst. Yeah. I would say well, that. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, Jason. That's uh that does mean a lot. Um, because you know, it's not it's not always easy and you know, people aren't always accepting and and you know, it's it's a lot of work for little little reward, but I don't try to look at it as reward, which helps because you know, so to to get positive reinforcement, like you're giving that, um, that means a lot because it shows, hey, hey, maybe I'm on the right track, right? Maybe I'm doing what I should be doing. Well, and that's the thing too, you're a trailblazer. You're taking something and creating something out of nothing. So you're also a digital creator. Uh, uh, you know, you're a creator on many levels. You're artistic too. When you think about it. when you take a vision and put it into something and implement it, there's a certain level of artistic ability involved there and creativity that you tap into through, you know, intuitive guidance or any type of way you want to look at it. I think there's something that has given you the ability to make these things occur. You probably from prayer and just being grounded have the ability to really think these things out and have the vision and then put the vision into something that becomes reality, manifesting it basically. Yeah. Have you ever felt that way that you've taken something that was here <laughs> and here and brought it out to the Yeah. Bottom? At times, at times I do. I, I've never thought of it as the create. I mean, I, yes, I, I consider myself very creative and, and personality tests say my creativity is off the charts and all that stuff. So, so looking at that way, never really artistic. Cause I, you know, like stick figures is about it for me, but, but looking at it that way, I, um, I, I do, you know, I, I do feel like I'm, you know, getting, taking it from here and here and, and getting it out. Cause that, that's really what I, that's really what I pray for. That's really what I hope for on a regular basis is that I'm able to hear the messages clearly and communicate, you know, effectively. And, you know, it's not just what I think like, Oh, Hey, I think this would be a good idea, but like, no, that's truly the best possible idea, right. From, you know, from God's wants or, or from the perspective of that's going to impact the most people and help the most people, you know, you can look at it a lot of ways, but but that it's going to be the most, you know, have the most benefit for others. You know, that's what, that's what I hope for on a daily basis. With so many people going through uncertainty and anxiety and depression and stress right now, what would you recommend to members of our audience who feel like they just can't tap into any positive energy right now that they lost their job. Someone's been sick in the family. They're stressed out. They've been arguing with their significant other. They're depressed. They don't know what's ahead. Now this Delta variant scaring the heck out of them. They got vaccinated, but now they don't want to leave the house because they're frustrated. What do you say to someone like, how do you talk positivity? So to them, to them, I would say um, just to know that you're not alone. So a, a lot of, a lot of folks, and, and I've been there, you know, when you get into that mindset where you're like, oh man, everything is just turning, you know, terrible. Everything is just going awful. And, you know, it's just one negative thing after another. You just kind of can't get, get above water, right? Like you said, you know, there's, there's COVID or you lost your job or this or financial or your spouse or just everything. Right. And there's, there's two things. One is to just know that, that you're not alone. Right. And, and whether whether, you know, someone wants to go spiritually and, and think of, you know, someone that they believe in spiritually, that's one thing. But even if they don't go there, just to know that there's plenty of others that are going through similar situations and to know that whatever they're going through, it's not going to last forever. Right. I mean, pain, pain or struggle, you know, it may be a day, it may be an, um, a week, it may be months, it may be a year, years but it's not going to last forever. It, they, it will subside. And um, if they think of it as um, the second thing is if they, 
try to look at what they can learn from the experience. How can they grow from the, from the experience? Then that's going to take them a long way. Even if they're in the worst possible situation, if you're like, okay, what can I learn from this experience? How can I be a better person? How is it going to impact me to change? What can I learn here? Even if, you know, it's like failure, right? It's like Thomas Edison. Oh, I learned, you know, 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb, right? What what can I learn (laughs) what's going on? And then it makes it a lot easier to deal with that. And that's what's, that's what I've always used for, you know, the challenges that I faced or struggles or pain or any of that kind of stuff. I, you know, it's such a great answer because I, I get inspired the way we answered that. I think I tell people I work with as clients of my psychic aspects, um, think of it as turbulence on an airplane. If you think of that, cause I've had scary moments on a plane. I love to fly. I'm not afraid to fly. I used to fly all the time before the pandemic. I had a job back then where I had a commute sometimes, but like when you think and you're on an airplane and flying into Houston, I used to have this a lot. You get into Houston and it starts getting really bumpy for a while. And I just remember like you're praying like, <laughs> and then it subsides and then you land and then you're like, okay, that was scary, but look, I'm back, you know? And that's why I try to tell people anytime you're dealing with something like this, just envision it like you're on an airplane and the shakiness is the turbulence. It's going to end at some point, exactly how you just said it. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to look at these things because you have to look at it that way to push forward, to get through it, to see beyond it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and even, even there's science that shows that when you can, it's, it's a technique called positive reframing. When you can look for kind of that silver lining, if you will, even if it's just, even if it's just a total crap situation and you're like, okay, what, what can I learn? Then by shifting your brain to that positivity, your brain will start to look for those, that pause, that positive outcome or what you can learn. It'll start looking for that. You, you literally can, will train your brain to start looking for that. If you just work on that a little bit. And, and that's something that I've worked on. That's something that, you know, others I've worked with and that, you know, anyone can do essentially that's watching this, God bless you, but anyone can, can start to do that. Just say, Hey, this is a terrible situation. You know, what can I learn here? How can I grow? You know, what, what's going to come of it? Um, even if they're all not great, but you're still looking for opportunities. And that's the key word is that you're looking for opportunities. And that's where you start to, you know, shift that, uh, that focus, that mental training, retraining of your brain. Think of how much of our energy spent on worry, right? Mm-hmm. For three weeks, I was diagnosed with stage one cancer, but I thought it might be stage three because they found stuff on my liver in my lung at the time and it was a kidney. But I had to wait three weeks and I spent that three weeks, you know, really freaked out. And then after I realized it's just stage one, that's one example. I spent, I learned to put things in the boxes in my mind, compartmentalizing. You probably do this too. The things that are like bothersome, I put them away when I'm not working anymore. After hours, I live my life the way I need to because no matter what, I have no control over those things. Mm-hmm. You, got, you got to prioritize. You got to, you think of your mind as like a, like a, a laptop, an older laptop, and the memory is limited. You can only put so much on it. And if you don't want a beach ball to form, or if you don't want your computer to crash, your mindset, you got to look at it that way. You got to protect what's in your mind and what you're what you're focusing your energy on. That's how I see things. I have a, you know, thoughts are things, and if we think the wrong way, you're going to create more negativity for yourself. At least is how I see it. But uh, you know, it, it's important how to how to look at positive frame of reference in these times right now, because if you look at where we are right now, we're getting through, we have progress, whether or not anyone wants to admit with this pandemic, it's progress. We're at a different level with it right now, but it's still progress. So we should look Mm -hmm. at it from that positive point of view that we're getting out of this. It's just, it's just right now it's, it's a, it's a, it's a recent spike, but it's, it's just something that's happening. It's going to end. It's ended in in the UK and India, like ended in the sense that it drops off and then you have a chance for, a respite from this. And yeah. uh, have you found that your positivity has increased during the pandemic? Mine has. Yes, I, I 100%. And, and, and I even thinking, you know, as you were saying that, I, I was thinking that, you know, we're kind of living in it, right? We're in that turbulence, as to use your analogy right now. And I think years from now, history will look back and say that this period was a, a period of like a renaissance period, like a, a period of, of rebirth and growth for humanity. And, you know, we just can't see it because we're, we're right in the middle of everything. But right. I, I believe that completely, that, that that's what, you know, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, when people are looking back, they'll say, oh, yeah, that was that was a great time. That's when all these, you know, 
positive things happened. And, you know, that's, let's say, for example, that's when people say, oh yeah, that's when I stopped having to drive to the office and I got to work from home and, and You're right you know, be, you know, not uh, have to be on the road all day and get to spend time with my family. And, you know, like all these things, like more relaxed lifestyle, if more relaxed lifestyle. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we're an evolutionary species. Like we will evolve to those things. And it won't be till later that we realize like, oh, wow, we're more <laughs> relaxed now. Like everybody, you know, accidents are, you know, cut by X percent or just whatever, like all global warming, things. global warming, you know, you're yeah. the output of carbon emissions to the planet by cutting back on what we're doing on a daily basis. And so, yeah, that's, I think you're right. I think positive always comes from negativity, right? So when you had World War II or you had, you know, the space programs created tons of positive things, right? And right now the pandemic's creating, I think, the way the space program created technological advances, like the microwave and all these things. Well, the pandemic's creating a spiritual renaissance, like I said, and all these spiritual things are coming out. Mindset. How do you phrase the world around you? How do you frame it? What are you looking at? How are you taking these changes that have happened abruptly? And astutely, what are you doing with these changes? Are you reacting to it in the positive way? Are you held back by it? Are you terrified of it? Are you perpetuating these conspiracy theories to try to explain in your mind why these things are happening the way they are? There's a whole litany of things, but I think I'd rather be on the positive side of history and the positive side that we took something, created something from nothing that, you know, other people are are sitting back and and we we need to be positive. I just think that's the only way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can help in so many ways. There's there's plenty of science that sh- that shows that being positive, being optimistic, it's better for your cardiovascular health. It's better for your mental health. It's better for your physical. Like there's so many things. There's so many ways that you can you can look at it. Um, that you know you're absolutely correct. And mental health awareness is a big thing for me too. The fact that you're bringing that up is another key component of what I'd like to have our audience think about with all this stuff that's going on. Is making sure you're okay. You know, it's okay to tell your friends and your family if you're having a bad day and you're feeling sad, don't hold it in. Let people know you're dealing with some anxiety or stress. If you need a counselor, get a counselor. If you need to make some life changes, if you need to go outside for a walk, whatever coping mechanism exists, employ it, right? Any Mm -hmm. healing modalities, meditation, prayer, being with loveless. I just think these are so pivotal right now. We got to take self-care, self-love, self-care, prioritize, positive thinking, manifesting the best that you could do to help one another. That's why I like your eye spark change movement. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason. And I, I mean, all those things you're talking about, you know, with the mental health and everything, those, um, you know, I think those will be a part of, of this rebirth of this awakening is that there'll be more awareness of, of, you know, mental health, there'll be more self-care. Um, all those things will improve and, you know, people just don't see it right now, but, but they will down the road that all those things will, will become better off. We're running low on time already. How fast this goes when you have such an amazing conversation. (laughs) And we're talking about such positive things. I want to ask you, if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? Wow. Spirit animal. That's interesting. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. I, you know, an obvious choice is, is, is like a lion because, you know, I would be the leader, right. It'd be kind of the the leader, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say kind of like, you know, Solomon would choose wisdom. I'm going to say an owl just because an owl? that would mean owl. Yeah. Just because that would mean, you know, <laughs> I do the same thing exactly every episode. I'll say the owl because I have two parrots and I love birds and owl for me, wisdom. And because I'm an attorney. So you, you guessed the perfect one. I, I, I <laughs> what kind of owl? I, I don't even know <laughs> different owls myself. So <laughs> owls are beautiful animals though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I, I think that would be the best thing, you know, because um, I always thought that was a cool story in, in the Bible where, you know, Solomon could pick anything. He's like, you know, I want wisdom to make, you know, the right choices. And and like I said, that's what I want every day is just to to make sure I'm I'm doing what I should be, you know, that I'm working Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing your story and just sharing everything that you have in terms of the Ice Park Change movement and your knowledge. I know you're going places. I'm excited. As I said, when you, you know, if you want to, we'll talk after the show, but I'd love to feature um, people that you find are notable and that you're showcasing through your own efforts. Cause I think the more we can amplify positive energy, the more, not only does it showcase those who are doing life-changing things or doing amazing, miraculous things, but it also gives our audience the ability to look beyond their own immediate 
things that happen on a daily basis. You know, they can start thinking about something else. They don't have to worry about the pandemic numbers for a while or something else that's negative and going to be able to give them something that they can look at and say, okay, I can take a minute and think of something positive. And that one second can spark the change each person hears it or watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I connect with as many people as I can that, you know, that I think are spreading positive change. And, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, Jason. It's been a awesome conversation. Really cool. We could probably talk for hours, but, um, Absolutely. but, uh, you know, and I appreciate just all the, um, you know, the positive reinforcement that you've given me in terms of, you know, what I'm working on and, and, you know, kind of the future of, uh, of what, uh, I envision and, and you see for me. So thank you. One of the things I started doing recently is if I, I, I always pick up psychic stuff off people, like intuitive stuff, I guess you call it. I read energy, right? So as I'm doing these interviews, if I'm picking up stuff, I'll just share it in real time because I fear what the heck. I have nothing to lose with it. I'll share it if it's positive information that can help someone kind of validate what they're thinking because that's usually what it is. Usually when I pick up stuff, it's either offering validation, positive clarity, you know, just giving someone that extra oomph to know that what they're doing and they're doing it in the right direction. Cause we all doubt ourselves sometimes, right? You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't matter how positive you put yourself out there to people. We all have those voices that lurk in our minds and uh, you're not good enough or whatever, you know, I'm trying to say, different examples, but we got to get ourselves out of those negative viewpoints. And that's why I, 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 I think one of the biggest investments we could put in our society is, is by teaching people how to be more positive with how they look at the world. Yeah. What's their issues and problems and each other and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Jason. Thank you, thank you. I just want to thank Rick for coming on the show today and sharing such an amazing message of positivity with our audience. I think it's really important at these time, at this time of where we are right now, to be able to 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 look at the world and and look at it in a way where we're more forgiving on ourselves. Things from the past that might bother us that we get hung on that we can't let go of, if it's someone who hurt you or if it's something you've been through, it's important to, to look at things from a different point of view, a different perspective. What I really like about Rick's story and his message is the iSpark Change movement, it resonates with me. I want you to check it out because I really do believe Rick's going somewhere. I think you will see more about him in the future. And when you take a life experience, like a near-death episode or a near-death experience, as I should say, and you make it into something so much more. You create a book, 12 Hours of Heaven. You have a companion book coming out shortly. And then you create this thing called the iSpark Change Movement. That's marvelous. I mean, you can't think of something more within the human experience as being able to be motivated and be inspired and take that and create something that can help so many others. Keep these things in mind as we discuss these type of topics in the show, because in our audience, there's many people like Rick, people who have an idea, people who have an impulse or a passion, and they want to make an impact in the world around them. And I'll share one thing with you. You can, you can take your life right now and make significant positive change. You just have to be focused on it. And you have to have the passion to make sacrifices and do it, but you can't. Rick's an example of that. All the other guests that have been featured recently are all examples of that type of catalyst, the passion that drives you, makes you into something more than just the way you were before that occurs. So keep these things in mind. I'm really excited about the Ice Park Change Movement. Check out Rick's website. I'm going to have everything in the program notes so you can check it out. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, always remember, stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. 
Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for Female Empowerment, The Best Business Network, and GPN for Geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Electric acid.